Hey, welcome to the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles, and we are back for episode 91. And this is going to be kind of one of those random shoot from the hip episodes because there are just a lot of different topics to talk about and jump to from one from the other, starting with... Fortunately, it looks finally like people are trying to not trade or realizing they shouldn't trade defenseman Arbor Jacki and realize his value to the team, especially since he's returned and has been able to showcase his talents again for everybody that apparently forgotten about him, forgetting what he could do, forgetting what he was capable of, because as I've said all along, is the MVP of the roster by far. I know a lot of people are thinking, Caden Gooley is like the most complete, ready, biggest upside talent that they have on defense coming up. I like Caden Gooley, but I'm not ready to give him that title as the most upside or the king of the prospects defensively. They got a lot of really, really good defensive people already there and defensive players and prospects coming to the organization and speaking about defensive prospects and existing players within the organization why does everybody now have the obsession that montreal needs to trade away defensemen pretty much it hasn't been a secret almost in any sport the best way to win consistently is to always have a good defense and have players that can fill in when necessary now that being said i'm a true believer that some of the prospects are not going to have the opportunity to make it and i think the people that are probably going to get the short straw are players like matthias norlander justin baron adam engstrom i think there's just too many people ahead of them such as david reinbacher lane hudson logan mylou caden gooley Arbor Jacki, Jaden Struble, Jordan Harris. You're at seven already right there, and that's not all. But the value of David Savard and Mike Matheson, especially with a young core of group, has anybody taken note that whoever David Savard is paired with suddenly is a much calmer player? They don't run around. They don't lose their minds. His influence on younger players is cannot be overstated and Mike Matheson for the offensive defensive prospects that are coming up the Lane Hudson's the Logan Mylou's what people believe Caden Gooley has an upside with and others Jordan Harris is invaluable so if they don't get traded this year I get it oh my god there's not going to be a spot for a prospect but those are two veteran players that are actually earning their roster spot they're actually still good they're actually still producing they actually have and bring value to the team in multiple different ways every day they lead by example and experience they're important players like i was saying when we got started I'm going to be jumping around a lot of topics fast and furious on episode 91 here. Somebody has to explain to me the obsession with all, what I really want to see, what would really change the direction of the team. And oh my God, it would just be a dream come true is if we could somehow acquire number 87. Look, Sidney Crosby is a star in the league. There's no question about it. He's been one of the best players for the last decade plus. Sidney Crosby is not what Montreal needs right now, okay? A couple of reasons. One, that is a roster spot that belongs to a prospect, number one. Number two, he's on the downside or the backside of his career. Yeah, and he's still going to score 50 goals this year. 
three. He is not going to be happy unless he is the number one center of the team, which that role clearly belongs to Nick Suzuki without question, okay? And the number two center role, if he can ever stay healthy, clearly belongs to Kirby Doc. Does anybody in their right mind really believe Sidney Crosby? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy doing, you know, a number three center position. No, not going to happen. Not to mention the fact, if he would leave Pittsburgh, which there are highly unlikely chances of that happening, that he would A, want to leave, and that the team would trade their marquee player. But let's just say both of those are possibilities and the team's okay trading him. He's okay with getting traded, provided it's to a contending team. Because I don't get above and beyond everything else right now. Sidney Crosby going, oh yeah, no, no, no. I'd be glad to finish my career going to a rebuilding team that I can be this great inspirational leader to and you know share all my wisdom and experience with. Not that he wouldn't want to do that, but he doesn't want to do that to end his career. He wants to be on a bona fide contender. So if he was to be traded, I could see him going to a Las Vegas, as an example, a Dallas Stars team, as an example, a Colorado Avalanche team, as an example. But to any non-contending team? No. He wants a Stanley Cup or two or more before he retires as anybody with his abilities, experience, and accomplishments should want. So I do not get the, oh my God, we got to trade whatever we have to to get Sidney Crosby here. That is just insane. And it's got to be coming out of somebody's fantasy world that they're just romanticizing about seeing number 87 if suddenly Steve Shutt and Guy Lafleur are going to reappear and be his wingers or something. It's not going to happen. It just isn't. Now, again, jumping subjects, the Winnipeg Jets, for all the success that they're having on the ice for the great trade, which I think Kevin Sheveldayoff did not get enough credit for the way he was able to unload Pierre-Luc Dubois and what he was able to get for him because he got some really complete 200-foot players for his roster that have made a huge difference that want to be there aren't the kind of players that kind of well you know i'm into tonight's game this one i don't really care about i'll play hard here but won't here because pierre luc dubois has been nothing short of a total bust for the la kings and anybody who still thinks he should have been traded to montreal it's like oh but he looks so good in a montreal uniform must just want to give away the team's money because that is just a waste of a player right now. But the point of this particular topic is apparently the Winnipeg Jets are not doing well at the ticket booth. Apparently they are not putting enough fans in the stands. I don't want to be the one to say things like this because I hate to see Canadian teams be relocated out of Canada. I not only would love to see a team stay in Winnipeg, I would love to see Quebec get a team. I would love to see Hamilton, Ontario get a team. I would even love to see Saskatchewan get a team, say, in Saskatoon or Regina. I am all for keeping teams in this sport's original market and that would be Canada that said unfortunately it would not surprise me at all if the Winnipeg Jets eventually become the Salt Lake City franchise or become the Kansas City franchise or the Houston franchise those I think unfortunately for Canada are the next three markets that are up but on a positive note I was really happy to hear Gary Bettman has no interest in talking about expansion right now and wants to leave the league as a 32 team league and I think that should be that 
that way for a long time as the product is going to get watered down if they keep expanding. I get it, more teams, more revenue, but if you can't produce equal talent and you got too many teams, that's a problem. I think the salary cap needs to come up and the teams that are already in existence need to be strengthened before there's any teams added beyond the number of 32. So that means at this point, if there's any franchise changes, it's going to have to be existing cities getting moved to other cities. And unfortunately, I think Canada has the best chance of losing another team, which is really really unfortunate. I do not want to see any more teams leave Canada. Shifting gears back to the Montreal Canadiens organization, I am really interested to see what happens with the coaching staffs, respectively, both in Montreal and Laval. I would not be surprised at all to see this summer a complete overhaul of the coaching staff in Laval. I just, with the talent that they've now got, I think more was expected. The good news is the players that have been called up find Finally, under a coach that they've had for the first time in a long time, look ready and can gel with the team immediately upon showing up. That's been great. But I think the expected seasons win-loss record, I think was expected to be a lot higher than it is in Laval. I like J.F. Uhl as a coach. I just wonder how long he and his staff are going to remain there if things don't turn around and they don't become an AHL annual powerhouse team with all the talent that the Canadians are bringing through that they're drafting. On the Montreal side, I don't think anything will happen with Martin St. Louis, and I hope it doesn't because I think he's a fantastic coach, and I've said many times in many episodes, the perfect coach of the franchise right now that it needs is Martin St. Louis. But beyond him, Alex Burroughs, Trevor Latowski, Stefan Robidos. I liked Stefan Robidos's choice when he was picked as a defensive coach, but Montreal's defense is starting to make some continuous mistakes. They're not being corrected. It's one thing to make different mistakes, but when you're repeatedly making the same mistakes, there's a problem. Something needs to change there. And then in the cases of Alex Burrow and Trevor Latowski, I don't know him personally. I'm sure they're a much better coach than I would be. The, the fit just doesn't seem right there anymore. It's something is just not evolving the way that it needs to. And it's been that way for a while. It hasn't just been them. The last several assistant and power play coaches just haven't gelled well for some reason. Just, I don't know if it's a style issue. I, I don't know what the issue is, but something just isn't getting better the way that it should, and at the speed in which it should. This brings me to one of my favorite people in the organization, above and beyond all others, and that's Ken Hughes. I think, again, to this day, from the day he's been hired right to this moment that we're talking, has been the best GM in the NHL by far. One thing of concern recently was his response when asked about prospects in the 2024 draft. Even though Montreal has accumulated or amassed a draft capital fortune he doesn't seem really impressed with the prospects of the 2024 draft that's really interesting to hear that from a general manager so i'll be really curious if this is the draft although they have a lot of draft capital if they don't use that to acquire existing or previously drafted players from other organizations to better align with what a 2024 draft option or top level of their talent might be 
to play in the future. I really got to wonder if Montreal might be trading a lot of or the majority of their draft picks in the 2024 draft. Which brings me to two proposed trades that would have some rationality to them rather than all the people that are now obsessed with Trevor Segris. Trevor Segris is not the answer. First of all, he hasn't been consistent. Secondly of all, for a 22-year-old, already has a heck of an injury past. That would be really, really concerning. There are definitely some red lights, red flags, areas of concern, whatever you want to call them regarding his game. Try these two trades on for size, and I've mentioned this before. Two trades I propose. One, with the LA Kings that sends Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, Joel Armia, and Ty Spolanek to that team. Or if you don't like Ty Spolanek, Jake Allen. You send those four players to that team. In return, Montreal walks away with Alex Turcotte, Alex Lafreniere, Arthur Kilev, and a third round pick in the 2024 draft. And just to sweeten it, the amount of contracts that Montreal is taking back probably equals that of Joel Armia in all those players. And if Montreal has to, they can retain salary, but for this season's remainder only is all they should retain. Make the trade. You acquire on several other 22-year-old draft picks, players that can gel with the team, players that are the same age, players that have experience with some of the Montreal prospects, like, for example, Alex Lafreniere played with Sean Farrell at Harvard. Alex Turcott has a history with Cole Caulfield. I mean, it's a no-lose situation for Montreal. And L.A. obtains veterans because they're a contending team. They need people to slot in right away. They can't afford to have players right now trying, if you will, to find their way. Certainly a legitimate thing that a rookie or young player would need to do. There's just not that kind of time and room because it's a very short window of opportunity that L.A. has to do something special. The second trade that I proposed would be a Justin Baron to the Winnipeg Jets for a Brad Lambert. And if you need to sweeten that pot at all and include a Jacob Olsen as an example or something like that, do it. That would be a legit trade. That would be a first round pick for first round pick, generally in the same area of their respective drafts between 25 and 32, because Justin Baron was the 25th pick overall in his draft and Brad Lambert was the 30th pick overall in his draft. Winnipeg needs defense. Montreal, according to many, needs more elite offensive skill. It's a match. Try that out for size. But some of these hellacious trade offers where people want to trade away, oh yeah, we'll trade away Arbor Jack Eye, a 2024 first round pick, and Owen Beck for Trevor Zegers or something. It's like, you yeah, know, not even remotely worth all those players from Montreal. That asking price would be over the top ridiculous. But with the players that Montreal has to move, the Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, Joel Armia, Jake Anderson, Tanner Pearson, those kinds of players. If you want to acquire other players for the future, for the same age and general melting together or quicker chemistry that it might create, an Xavier Bogart from Edmonton, Ryan Suzuki from Carolina, Francisco Pinelli from the LA Kings, Raphael Lavoie from maybe Edmonton. Those might be players that you target. But these people that want to trade away half the team's prospects and mortgage its future for a Trevor Zegris, Casey Middlestat, Jake Gunzel, no. None of those players have lived up to their billing yet. Trevor Zegris, definitely the best out of those three, but still, again, inconsistencies, injury history, 
red flags or red lights that you've got to be concerned about. And trading away your team's top prospects and some of its best roster players guarantees a permanent state of mediocrity for the Canadians. And I would like to think nobody is looking to accomplish that with trades. I would hope everybody's looking to make the team better and understands that it's going to need not only 20 players to begin with on the roster, but a continuous supply of fill-in new players as other players leave or get traded. Whatever the reason, you're going to need to be able to fill the roster with talent. And you're going to have to do that mainly from within. I honestly, looking forward to the 2023-2024 trade deadline, I think it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be one of the quietest days in history, or it's going to be absolutely insane. I don't see anything in between. It has the potential to be a really interesting trading deadline season, but it could also be literally a ghost environment without a sound heard from anybody. It just depends. A lot of the trades that have already been made, if you'll notice this year, have involved more than two teams, and it's because of significant significant salary limitations or space that teams have on that note thanks for tuning into episode 91 of the hockey free for all podcast i'm your host steven styles have a fantastic weekend